0: Chapter, chapter 8, verse 12 through 17. The Holy Spirit's ministries. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption, yeah, yeah. by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, hairs of God and co coheres with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. 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 Alright, all right. so like you said, we're going to be in Romans uh, 8. We're going to be in Romans 8 for a minute. I like Romans 8, so it's some, some good encouraging stuff there. Um, let me just ask the Lord for some help. Lord Jesus, would you, would you help us to understand your word this morning? Would you give us grace to not only understand it, but, but to walk in obedience to what you have written? Lord, we just thank you that, that you would... Stoop down, low to speak to us. And Lord, because you would speak to us, Lord, we want to have a ten of ears and a receptive heart. So give us those things by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, man. So uh, have you ever started putting together a piece of furniture? And then as you were, you know, you kind of got in the zone, you were putting the furniture together, and then you realized that there was a piece missing? Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. Do you know how frustrating that is? Yeah. Maybe you want to throw the furniture across the room. Man, listen. Uh, how about it? Uh, I, I was, uh, I saw one brother, you know, he was working on his car. And he told me, man, I started, but then I ain't had the right tools. And so what would have taken me a couple hours has taken me all day. You understand what, it, what it's like to go and try to accomplish something but not have the right tools. It is incredibly frustrating. And beloved, sometimes we try to live a good life before the Lord, but we use the wrong tools. And it ends up in frustration. See, beloved, we have some some gospel tools for holiness. See, we don't just seek holiness in our own strength. We seek holiness in obedience to Jesus through the power of the gospel. And so we look at verse 12 and and what it teaches us is that that we don't need to take the wrong tools to do the job of growing in holiness. Verse 12 says, so then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Now, last week, we kind of talked about what that meant. Living according to the flesh is not simply sinning. It's not simply doing bad things. Living according to the flesh is living by the principle of sin and death. What that means is this, is that God gives a law. He says you obey it and you will live. Which is, that's a pretty good agreement, right? You know, obey. and It's not like a bad thing. But here's the issue with us, that within our own flesh, we don't have the power to obey the good commands he has given. So that puts us in a predicament. It means that the law that was given to give us life actually becomes frustration to us because we feel like we don't have the power <laughs> to accomplish what he has given. So do the work, get the rewards. So here, here's the issue with that. Again, the issue is not with the law. The law is good. The issue is that we can't obey the law. So the principle of sin and death is this. Obey. But we don't. And the consequences of that, according to Romans three, is death. Right. That's the principle. See, this this living by this principle, it leads us to the danger of approaching God out of a guilty obligation. OK, so we can look at God as an as a boss with an impossible standard. Have you ever had one of those? you be like, I tried really hard today and it still wasn't enough. Doggone. You know what I mean? Like, like does that make you like that boss? No. You are like, forget you. And hey, Listen, it, it kind of makes you feel like, well, we should obey God. Uh, maybe maybe if, if we get on his good side, we'll get some good stuff from him. Now, you know, you are doing this. If you think you have upset God every time life is not going your way, it reveals that you you kind of living according to the principle of of the flesh. Principle saying like, if I do good, you're supposed to do good. That don't work every day, though, because you don't always do good. Or maybe we think uh, we should obey God to keep in his good graces. Like, grace saved me, but if I, bro, I better keep on. If I don't keep obeying, he's going to get me. See, if God feels unstable emotionally to you, you may view him this way. Like if you if one day you're like, God, he might like me today. And the next day, you're like, oh, maybe maybe he doesn't. Maybe he likes me. I don't know. How does he feel today towards me? Beloved, God is not like you. God is not moody like you are. You know what I'm saying? Saying I remember I was watching this cooking show. It was like a family cooking show. And there was a dad and two sons. And man, that dad was so overbearing. He's like, cut it right, do it right. And then then he was like, well, maybe if you do good enough, you'll get to work in the restaurant. And like those kids were trying really hard. But I thought to myself, they're going to be so mad at him as they grow up. They're going to feel that overbearing pressure to perform. And that if they don't perform well, they might lose his affection and his love. Beloved, we sometimes view God as just this angry, flippant father. But that is not according to the scriptures. Living according to the flesh is death. Verse 13 says, because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. See, living by the power of the flesh, again, this idea that the, 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 the more good things I do, the better me and God are, or the less good things I do. Maybe he's mad at me today. Living by the power of the flesh is a recipe for spiritual death. It's a ditch on both sides. The first one is the death of Phariseeism, right? Or maybe you might be a fundamentalist. Being a fundamentalist means that you, you hold standards in a very prideful way because you do it or don't nobody else do it. Do you like being around them people? It even, it's not even an issue that they have standards, just the way in which they hold them, right? See, this, if you act like a fundamentalist, this leads you to deceiving yourself and thinking you accomplish the heart of the law. You don't actually look at the law very clear. You don't look at God's standards clearly. So you think because you ain't slapping nobody over the head, you good with God. But the Lord says if you hate somebody in your heart that you have committed murder. All right. So so we can deceive ourselves and think we're better than we are, which will make us prideful and arrogant like the Pharisees. Y'all, that's death. Or or we can have the death of guilt and shame. Let's say we do see the law properly and we do see our inability to keep it, man, we're just frustrated all the time, feeling uh, dirty, feeling like if God sees us for who we really are, we wanna kinda hide. Again, like we, it, it produces feelings of, of insufficiency, of insecurity, that maybe you're standing where God is a little shaky, and if you make the wrong move, ah, he's, gonna, he's gonna be out to get you. Now here's the, the thing about the scriptures. Even in saying that we don't live according to the flesh, I'm not saying that we don't fight to do what's right. I'm just saying we have to have the right tools. So verse 13 says, because, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you, by the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All right. So again, there's a way to seek holiness as according to the flesh. There's a way to seek holiness that is according to the spirit. And one way you can think about like seeking holiness in the flesh is like raw effort devoid of the assurance of God's love. So there's this weird group in the Middle Ages and they would kind of walk around. They would march. And as they would march, uh, they would kind of beat themselves on the back. And what they were doing is they were marching around and beating themselves to atone for their sins. I'm so bad, but if I just beat it out of myself... God, God gonna, God gonna like me today. Now listen, I don't nobody do that, okay? I hope you're not doing that. But beloved, we do that in our minds. You know? We march around and think, man, if I just if I just suffer enough, if I just if I just grip my teeth enough, if I just ah, am God gonna like me. You know, there's a working hard, but it's hurting themselves. You you cannot. Uh, guilt yourself out of sin. You can't shame yourself out of sin. You cannot beat sin out of you. Beloved, that's, that's according to the flesh. We will not make progress in true holiness. Now, what's true holiness? Uh, I, I love uh, what Galatians 5 says, says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, beloved. That's the, the picture of spiritual maturity. And here's something interesting: it's something that you can't conjure up. It's something that is received. You can't. Con- it's something that is received. It's given to you. For instance, if you if somebody was trying really hard to be kind to you, would you feel like they were being kind to you? I'm just gonna. Ugh. Got to just be nice to you today. And you'd be like, well, doll, you know, like, you know, like, like it's, so if you see what I'm saying? Like, eat, like, they're trying, like, try real hard to be peaceful. Okay. You know, like, like, you see what I'm saying? Like, if you, if you just have raw effort, that's, that's actually, that actually is not going to get you the fruit that comes from the spirit. But beloved, the spirit reminds us of the gospel of Christ. See, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of the father. In the Spirit of Christ, he reminds us of the Father's love. So, beloved, when we're going through our lives and maybe our lives are up and down, you know what's constant? What's constant is the affection of the Father, his love toward you. That doesn't shift and change depending on what you're doing that day. That doesn't shift and change depending on what happens to you. You know, you know the Spirit reminds you of the redemption that we have in the Son of God. Beloved, Christ died for you. And he rose again. He's not going to undo that. Yeah. Your forgiveness of sins is rooted in his death and resurrection. And and he don't have to do that again. You don't have to to conjure up something that is better than that because you cannot. Beloved, you see, the, the affection and the love of the father is stable and the redemption of the son is irreversible. So, beloved, you have stability in your heart when it comes to God. And that is given to you by the Spirit because He reminds us of the truths that are in the gospel. And see, beloved, when, I, when, I, when I'm stabilized in the love of God, and when I realize that I have this advocate in Jesus Christ who will never leave my side, well, would that not produce love and joy and peace? When I think about God's kindness, would that not just naturally produce kindness in me? When I think about his faithfulness, would that not make me go, "Well, he's been so faithful to me. It seems appropriate (laughs) that I would just try to follow him. See, we seek holiness and obedience to God. I'm going to use a word with our justification in view. Say Justification. Okay, this is an important word. This is, a, this is an important doctrinal word. In other words, it means you have been declared righteous. So I want you to imagine that when Jesus was on that cross and people were kind of wagging their heads. That's what Scripture says. looking like, man, What he do up there? You know, wagging their head. Everybody's probably coming up with all these things that he did. The Pharisees are coming up with things that he did. And beloved, but there was a day when he rose from the dead and all of the thoughts about what he did were wrong. They're like, oh, well, he did. He 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 alive now. He has been vindicated. The father said, no, 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 what you said about him isn't true. This is my beloved son. He's innocent. Beloved, if you've been joined to Christ, that statement that Christ gets in his resurrection is applied to you. So even though you have sin, beloved, you are in Christ. So Christ is declared innocent and because you are united with him. You are declared innocent before God. If you, listen, if you wrap your mind around this, It kind of gives you uh, some peace. See, we have the love of the father, the justification of the son. We do whatever we do with assurance, this divine confidence that God is for us, that he has taken care of us and that he looks on us. Look, not just neutrally, not just I, I guess I like you today. No, beloved, he looks on us with pleasure, with the satisfaction that he sees when he looks at Jesus, he sees, beloved, when he looks at you. Now listen, y'all, y'all know when somebody's playing basketball and you know somebody's choking. They are not like choking right here, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's coming down to the wire, and they just all, oh, you know, they they bricking all the time and they choke. Why, why are they choking? Because they feel a pressure. Right? They're like, oh, they're everybody looking at me, I'ma lose. Uh, you know, you feeling all this pressure inside you. So you understand that that when you feel pressure, you're liable to choke. But beloved, if the gospel is true, if the love of God is stable, if the doctrine of justification is applied to me, beloved, the pressure's off. You see what I'm saying? And so when I look to God, he's not like, I hope you hope you get No, 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 he's, he's looking at me with satisfaction and affection. And then when I when I go and try to please God, when I go and try to be obedient, it's not with his, his affection for me on the line. But I go, no, no, he's pleased with me, he loves me. So I can go, "Ah, I don't have to be so stressed about what is the state of me and God. Beloved, it's not based on you. It's based on what Christ Jesus has done. And so therefore, we put sin to death because of gratitude and the wisdom that comes from God. Now think of serving someone from gratitude versus serving someone to get their acceptance. You feel that's different, right? You know, somebody did something nice to you, like, oh, let me take your plate the. You know, you're feeling all happy inside. But, but if, if somebody, if you're, trying to, if you're trying to impress somebody, you might have a lot of nice actions. But in your heart, you're not necessarily feeling all happy about them. Yeah. You might be a little bit frustrated. Beloved, when we try to please God with the gratitude that the gospel of Christ produces, it changes the very heart of that obedience, See the actions might look similar between maybe those two motivations uh, but the heart is different and beloved the experience is different and and the ability to endure is different as well yeah right. verse 14 it says that we live as adopted children of the father 14 says we are all, for all those led by god's spirit are god's sons for you did not receive a spirit of slavery To fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself testifies together with our Spirit that we are God's children. Beloved, we have been included in God's family as his beloved children. We went from slaves of sin to sons of God. You know, one time, you know, Jesus is a little harsh sometimes. I don't know if you ever read that in the Gospels. But one time they was trying to play him. They were like, well, we know who our daddy is. Where your daddy at, Jesus, you know, because the whole virgin birth thing, you know. And he's like, look, my father's God, but your daddy is Satan. (laughs) That's what he said, okay. So listen, the reality is this. If we don't walk with Jesus, our father is Satan. And we went from being children of Satan to the adopted children of God. What this teaches us is that God wants a permanently close and loving relationship with his children. Beloved, God is not doing drive-by charity. That's not what the gospel is about. You know, sometimes you see somebody in you kind of just kind of gut help them. I mean, good, do that, do that. But beloved, God had a lot of forethought in what he was doing. He, he, he predestined us and chose us and made a plan to save us. And, and, and listen, you can do some charity, some nice things, but that doesn't mean you're making a commitment to somebody. Just, here you go, bye. No, beloved, God has been kind to us, and he has a lasting, forever, eternal commitment to our good. Beloved, God is including us into his very heart. And so what's interesting, according to the Scripture, is to be led by the Spirit is to receive and believe in your spiritual adoption through Christ Jesus. So it's interesting. It's not pr- primarily about having unique revelations. It's not primarily coming up with new stuff to say. It's primarily that you accept what has happened to you through Christ in the gospel. You are being led by the Spirit if you can say, I have been adopted by God the Father because of what Christ Jesus has done for me on the cross. That is being led by the Spirit. It's the Spirit assuring you of your belonging to God. It's the Spirit assuring you of your adoption to the Father. And I love that it says, the Spirit lives in us and cries out, Abba, Father. Like, what, what does that mean? What is Abba, Father? Now, listen, we all call most of you don't call your dad father. I don't know. We don't live in that culture. Like you can say this is my father. But you wanna say, hey, father, usually it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you, you, you see what I'm saying? But, but usually you call your dad something that, you know, daddy, dad, papa. I don't know whatever you call your dad. But but it indicates not just the status, but you know him. Mm. He's he not just my body, but I know him. I know what he's like. He's my dad. Yes. I, we, we hung out. He, he has demonstrated to me that he cares about. See, listen, listen, the Spirit, what he does is he makes these facts about the, our adoption in Christ, and he makes us experience on the inner being, the, the adoption, the love, the acceptance that we have from the Father. Beloved, it means that the, the words don't just stay on the pages of the scripture, but you get to experience what the scripture is talking about. Beloved, our adoption is one where we say. Dad. Not just he's my father in some, you know, on, on a DNA. T- no, no, Dad. I know him. He loves me. See, see, listen, we haven't received the spirit of slavery and the spirit of fear. See, see, receiving that spirit is like it's like you're a servant or a worker instead of a child. Now, listen, uh, you might do really well at your job, but you could get fired. Like your employer has not a pledge to be with you forever. You know what I'm saying? There's a day when you could be in somebody else's job. See, see hey, a lot of times we think that's how God works. Like if I, if I, if I don't do my job well, uh, he's going to fire me today, but maybe tomorrow I can get hired. Beloved, that's not how family work. That's not how God works. God will not kick you out of his family. Listen, that's some assurance that we have in Christ Jesus. And we see that the Spirit of God pours the love of God in our hearts. The Spirit testifies with our deepest being that we are God's children. Now, how does he do this? Well, right now, I hope he's doing it through what we're doing right now. He He does it through the means of grace. The means of grace are just various things that the Scripture tells us to do or to participate in, wherewith we hear God's word and respond. So listen, this flips spiritual disciplines on its head. When you think about Bible reading, scripture, prayer, church, you might think like, oh, it's this thing I got to do. And I got to just like accumulate. You know, I just got to you know, check the box and check the box. But beloved, beloved, if what the scriptures say is true, the spiritual disciplines are opportunities for you to be reminded of your adoption in Christ Jesus. Beloved, that's, listen, when you don't engage in consistent scripture reading and prayer, when you say, nah, I ain't going to go, I don't need it today. It's not like you're not checking off a box. You're leaving joy on the table. You're leaving leaving assurance on the table. Someone, Someone asked me last week, they said, Pastor, well, how do you keep consistent disciplines? And I said to him, I'm needy. I know I'm needy. I need to be with him. Ain't because I feel good about myself. I need to hear his voice. I need to hear the gospel of Christ. So yeah, I wake up and I get in the scriptures, not because I'm good, but because I'm needy. I need to be reminded of the love of God in Christ Jesus. So beloved, we listen to and read and pray God's word, not so we can feel just that we've done a great thing, but so that we can remember what Christ has done for us. In verse 17, we we can see, it says, look at what we have and and what we have to look forward to as God's children. Verse 17 says, if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. In other words, you know, heir, you know, that they receive something from their parents, their grandparents, you get some stuff. What this is saying is that the stuff that Christ gets, you get. Now, what is that stuff? What is the stuff? one of the things that we can see in the beginning of, this, of his public ministry is that Christ was affirmed by the Father. So like when he, when he went to go get baptized by John the Baptist, the scripture says that he went into the water. And that as he was baptized, there was a voice that came down from heaven that said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He gets that because he's an heir. But well, What are you? You're a co-heir. <laughs> So, beloved, I want you to wake up in the morning and I want you to hear the voice of the father saying, this is my beloved son, our daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Beloved, we get it because he is the heir. Yes, he also gets the spirit. John 3, 34 says, for the one whom God has sent, Jesus, speaks, the, speaks God's word since he gives the spirit without measure. Beloved, when you ask to be filled with the spirit, it's not like a Maybe. No, you are a co-heir with Christ, and you get what Christ gets. Not only that, beloved, you get, you get eternal life. Remember that Jesus, when he died, he didn't stay dead, right? right. You get what he get. Yeah. So when you die, you don't stay dead. And Here's the thing about Christ. When Christ entered into heaven after his ascension, he gets this. that There was a celebration, this, this eternal, glorious celebration that happens in heaven. And that celebration continues for us. Beloved, we are co-heirs with Christ. Not only that, God's adopted children follow his only begotten son. It says, if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. If he is the heir and we're the co-heirs, we endure the same treatment as the heir. You see what I'm saying? Look, Christ suffered faithfully and God gave him glory. Beloved, we follow in the same footsteps, not because we're awesome like Christ, because we got adopted. That's how our family get treated sometimes. We suffer. But if we serve faithfully, God will give us glory. See, suffering, y'all need to hear this. Suffering is not evidence of abandonment. If it is, that means that Christ was abandoned, was He? No. no, no. Suffering is not evidence of abandonment, beloved. Sometimes suffering is evidence that you belong to the family of God. Yeah. If you get treated like Jesus, that doesn't say I bet He forsake you. For sake. No, that says no. Nah, I guess you belong to Him. Yeah. Okay, listen. And here's the thing. Listen, we suffer. And what kind of suffering is this talking about? We suffer as we seek to be obedient in our various columns. Now, we, got, we don't all have the same exact life. We got different stuff, different relationships, different jobs, different, w- w- different vocations, what we have to do. But here's the interesting thing. Jesus, as he was seeking to be obedient in the particular calling that he received, do you know he got a lot of hate from his family? Amen. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you crazy, Jesus. Listen, he's just trying to be obedient. He's just trying to walk in the particular calling. And the the relationships that he had, there was some tension. So, beloved, where does the suffering come from? But when we seek to live faithfully in the particular callings that we have, sometimes there's going to be rough patches. Sometimes there's going to be some speed bumps. But that is not evidence that you have been abandoned. It is evidence that you belong to God's family. That flips suffering on its head. Suffering is a part of the inheritance because we belong to that family. We do not belong to this world, but belong to the kingdom that is coming and will come. And so what this scripture teaches us is that we, we fight sin and endure suffering through the knowledge of our adoption through Christ. So this, this changes how you talk to people that you're trying to encourage. You're trying to encourage them to walk holy. Do Do better! <laughs> fix yourself you're actually encouraging them to live by the principle of the flesh but if i see a brother or sister struggling and say hey now christ died for the thing that you're doing right now christ died for that i know that you're suffering but that's not evidence that god has abandoned you you might be sharing in the sufferings of christ that changes how we speak to each other and beloved As my heart is more assured that I have been adopted into God's family, I have gratitude and peace and love. And if God has been so kind to me in Christ Jesus, then I want to go and be kind to those around us. Beloved, sanctification is not a twisting of the arm, but it's a continual reception of the love of God poured into your heart by the Spirit. Beloved, the father cherishes you. The son came for you and the Holy Spirit witnesses of this truth on the inside of you. So, again, when we look at sanctification and walking with the Lord, even when we look at spiritual disciplines, listen, this, this don't have to be twisting the arm. Look, if you family, you spend time together, don't you? Yes. I hope you do. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Listen, listen, I, in my, my family, I, I, I kind of I'm getting more people in my family. We got, you know, we got uh, how many people is that? Five. OK, including me is Five. And I want to make sure that as, as uh, my kids' father that I, I get I want to spend time with them collectively, but I also want to spend time with them individually. All right, so so once a month I get I get lunch with, with you know each child. Because I want to make sure that they know that I love them. And and whenever they go back home, my wife always says, Man, they, they feel so confident. Now we don't do nothing special, we just eat food and chill. But but they you know what I'm saying? Like, but like they like I ain't taking them to Disney War, but like they, they're like, no, they feel so confident. Beloved, beloved, listen. When you don't spend time with the Lord, when you don't have consistent reading of the scripture, you are leaving confidence on the table. You are leaving affection on the table. But if you would discipline yourself to spend time with your father, you will walk around with your head held a little bit higher knowing that you are loved, knowing that he has taken care of you. Listen, this is not to check a box. This is to spend time with your father that gives you encouragement and affirmation and reminds you who you are. Now, every, every now and then, you know, families, they get together and they have a family meal. Now, in that family meal, you're reminded, I'm part of this family. <laughs> you, know? you know what I'm saying? You eat together. Y'all have your little special meals or whatever. You got your weird cousin, but he your cousin is fine. You know, like we, this is my family. Beloved, beloved, when we get together, when we worship on Sundays, this is our family meal. We will be reminded, who, who, what, who do I belong to? Oh, this family. Who, who was our dad? Oh, God. Who are my brothers and sisters? These people. Now, listen, I, I don't know about you, but I like to eat. You know, I, I don't want to miss the family meal. I don't want to miss not just the meal. The meal is good, by the way. But but not just that part. I don't want to miss the fact that I'm reminded. This is my family. I do belong. These are my brothers and sisters. And when I have to go away from my family, like we all do have to live our lives. I'm reminded no, I'm not alone. I got a family. And beloved, we all get together and we eat this meal, which we remember what our Savior Jesus has done. Right we take of the bread and we drink of the cup, we are reminded we belong to him and we belong to one another. Beloved, this is the fuel for holiness. The truths of the gospel that we've been adopted into God's family. We haven't been adopted as isolated. We got got a big old family now. So we can remember who we are. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I praise you because of what you have done. You have uh, died on the cross and risen again. and, And we have become adopted children of the Father. And Father, I'm asking right now that you would pour out your affection on your children. And Lord, if there are people here who have not yet been adopted into your family, Lord, I pray that they would call out to you. Lord, you are a generous God. And your house always has room. So Lord... Remind us of who we are in you so that we can fight the good fight and suffer well. For the glory of God the Father, in the name of the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.